Hi, and welcome to show number nine of the El Capsita Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm going to be your host. For the people who've been listening to our previous shows, I'd like to thank you for your support. For the new people, please subscribe and to leave us your comments and your feedbacks. Any questions or comments, email is elcafecitatraveltalks at gmail.com. Also, please take a look at our Facebook page for the written travel stories and adventures. And if you're someone that likes to write, we're still looking for more people to subscribe stories. Today's show has been previously recorded when things were in its normal state here at the hostel, El Cafecito in Cuenca, Ecuador. Today we'll be talking about travel and photography. So please get yourself a cup of tea or a coffee and enjoy today's show. My name is Aiden Clemenko. I am originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am a professional photographer uh, and videographer. been coming down to uh, Latin America now for this year makes 20 years. Okay, but 20 years, you're not that old to be. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I just turned 30 a few days ago here in Ecuador. No, first time down here, I was, I was 10 years old. I came down with my family. My parents wanted an opportunity for me and my little brother to have an experience outside of the United States and to learn a different language. So they quit their jobs and we moved to Cuenca for a year, year and a half. And they put me and my little brother in regular Ecuadorian school and we hit the ground running, learned Spanish and uh, made some good friends. And I've been coming back down ever since. Okay. One of the reasons I was excited about talking with you today was as you're a photographer and one of the main things that all travelers are doing, they're taking pictures all over the place, especially with things like Instagram, Snapchat, things like that. Everybody wants to take a picture. They want to document their experience while they're on the road. So I want to talk a little bit about that and we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. But, But first of all, let's go back a little bit. Okay, so you said you started with your parents when you were 10. But when did you realize that you want to continue and do your own independent travel? Uh, Yeah, I graduated high school. I felt like I wasn't 100% ready to just jump into uh, college, university life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take a break to kind of figure things out for myself a little bit and do some, just some exploring, exploring of myself and exploring of uh, a place. And, but there was a lot of South America that I wanted to know. I figured, hey, why not? expand beyond the comfort zones of Ecuador and see the rest of South America. So I spent eight months backpacking around. So you basically did what is very common in Europe, gap year, it's called. I know that in the U.S. it's not a common thing. Yes, definitely that. I am very lucky to have the parents that I have. It was actually suggested to me by them. I think that a lot of the times you really have to petition it to your parents in the United States because they kind of think you're just going to go and screw around for a year and Uh, not be very productive. I think that you're right. It's not something that people very often do in the United States, though I do think that it is something that should be pushed more. Do you remember like maybe some of the things you learned during that time period? The the Aiden before that trip was the caterpillar. You know, that that trip was the cocoon. And after that, I really started to be who I am now. And I identify with myself after that trip much more than I identify with the Aiden before that trip. It's learning about independence and that's, you know, that, that encompasses financial independence, that encompasses being out in maybe some dodgy places on your own, being, having to figure things out uh, for yourself, how to, you know, if you're tired and lost, you know, you, you can't turn to your parents to figure this situation out. You know, there's, there's so many aspects of independence that, you know, 
you really have to figure out for yourself uh, for the first time for a lot of people. You said it perfectly. You then butterflied out to the Aiden that you are today. So let's enter into that transition. You did your gap year. Then what was next? Uh, I went to school and I... So when, when I did my gap year, uh, in high school, I knew that I was always interested in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I figured I'd go into film school, which I did pursue and I did go into film school. I still make a good amount of money uh, through what I learned in film school. Although when I traveled, I didn't want to carry a video camera because I know that when you're making a movie, your travels then are based around that one project. Mm-hmm. I decided I would take down a still image camera because I... I didn't want my travels to be dictated by one project. I wanted to be able to document this freedom uh, and, and maintain a sense of, of freedom. So I, I figured still imagery would be a better way to stay, to kind of be able to document while not having to focus on one particular project. So I started playing around with a still image camera, and in that time, I really fell in love with photography. Uh, so when I went to school, changed my major to, uh, or I guess I added another major. I still majored in film, but then I added the photography major as well. Okay. Since then, I continued to pursue photography and filmmaking uh, while still maintaining a pretty strong connection with Latin America, coming down here often. And what type of photographer would you say you are? Like Right now I'm doing primarily outdoor adventure commercial work, but that's kind of the boring work side of things. When I'm focused more on personal projects, I gravitate more towards portraiture and uh, lifestyle. Uh, I, like, I, I don't really like to adhere to the term travel photography, Um, because it's not necessarily the aspect of traveling that I'm focusing on as much as it is the people, the the people and the lifestyles they lead in these different places. And when you say portraiture, are you talking, are you setting up a studio and having people come in and taking the picture in the studios or are you taking them in their natural habitat? Good question, good question. Um, No, (laughs) No, that's that's a natural habitat, yes. Uh, The lady in the market, for example, are you taking her portrait there in the market or are you in a studio? Right, Uh, um, yes. So, no, uh, I'm not doing as much uh, set-up portraiture. Uh, I am uh, documenting people in their own space doing what they were doing. These people, a lot of the times, didn't expect me to approach them beforehand so they didn't have any time to prepare or you know do their hair or do their makeup or anything like that i am approaching these people and asking them if they would be willing to allow me to photograph them and i get a lot of no's which is really a tough thing let's talk about okay you're getting ready what are some of the like okay somebody's getting ready on a trip they're planning and obviously photographer is going to be part of it they're going to have their snapshot and stuff like that what are some of the things that you think and i think you sort of answered a little bit of that question but like how some of the ways you think that people should be approaching, what are some of the hints that you could give them about walking around and taking pictures of other people, taking pictures in certain environments? We've heard recently of so many people actually coming to their death because they're trying to take a selfie off of a side of a cliff or stuff like that. Like, what are some of the things that I, well, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but, um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's happened and it's it happening. Was, yeah. it's, it's, I was actually a uh, tangent. I was just in Yosemite, not just a few months ago, I was in Yosemite and a couple, uh, both fell off uh, of Taft Point trying to take a selfie of themselves. And yeah, it's, it's definitely not uh, advice on walking around with a camera. I would say just asking yourself what, you know, how, how would you feel if you were in on the other side of the lens? And just being mindful of that. Okay. Fortunately, sometimes we really don't think about that. 
At the same time, I've met people who want to take the picture of the lady in the market with the very colorful skirt. The same people will say, oh, the other day I was walking down the street and I got a bunch of Ecuadorians or a bunch of uh, people in China when I was there saying, oh, stop, I want to take a picture with you. You know, could you, and they're like, well, why do you want to take a picture with me? See, if I'm just average Joe and, and they, they think it's hilarious that somebody wants to take a picture of them to put into their photo album. But at the same time, they don't think it's hilarious that they're doing the same thing to somebody else. Totally. That's that's a great point. Um, that is an awesome point. Yeah, I think that that boils down to also just we still are in their space, you know. But yeah, that that is def- that definitely happens, you know. And and a lot of the times they'll ask, and you have the ability to say no. Exactly. You know, you you they're not generally sticking a camera in your face and just photographing you. And then if that does happen, ask yourself how that feels, because that is. I would imagine how it feels towards anybody else that you are doing that to yourself. I think unfortunately what happens is sometimes we take people as objects as we're traveling. Mm-hmm. And so we've come out of our regular habitat <laughs> and our regular home life uh, city occupants. And we've, you know, part of that is sort of saying, okay, we've come to see the Machu Picchu. But we've also come to see the indigenous woman in the markets of Otavalo. She's wearing the very colorful skirt. She's wearing a whole a colorful blouse, which is very different. So we, we forget that it is a person that also goes through the same emotions that we do. And I, and I see that. And I say we because I've noticed that I've in the, there's certain times on a click. Okay, no, this is what you're, you're creating somebody as an object. We're not at the zoo. You know? Exactly. We're, not, uh, we're, here, we're here amongst people. And we have to remember to treat them like people, obviously. Uh, so, yeah. 10, 20, 30 years ago, we would take a roll of film. We would control what we're taking and then we would get back home, you know, get that developed. And then we would have a certain series of pictures. Now that everyone has a smartphone, we tend to take a lot more pictures than we really need to be taken. You know, and everything is getting posted instantly. And we don't have to wait until we get back home and watch those slideshows. I remember those as a child going to watch people's slides falling asleep and going, why are we doing this? What are your thoughts on modern photography? I like the aspect of being able to share your experiences here and now. You know, of course, we live in a, in, in a modern age and, and that stuff is uh, available to us. And why, why not? I, I, I guess I don't see any downside to the rate at which imagery is shared as long as that imagery is created in some sort of responsible way. Okay, okay. And do you have an Instagram yourself? I do have an Instagram. Yep, it's just my name, Aiden.Clemenko. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, I guess it's a lot of a lot of things. It's not one okay. particular facet. It is kind of a reflection of the kind of random adventures my life is, which, you know, is, is fun. Okay, um, so you just post in different things different yeah, times. Yeah, the things, things that I find interesting, things that catch my eye, whether it's how light touches something here or whether... It's, you know, yesterday I took a portrait of these three, I don't know, they must have been 10-year-old kids playing right outside here with their toy guns. You know, really anything that I find to be interesting or different. Okay, okay. You had mentioned that you're doing commercial adventure photography? Yeah. Okay, I think that was the word that you used. What does that mean? So uh, I am right now, well, so first and foremost, I work freelance and I find myself picking work that allows me to explore new places. Um, right now, uh, my biggest client uh, and the most amount of work that I get 
is, as an expedition photographer, aboard a luxury cruise line that operates in Alaska and Antarctica, okay. uh, which is kind of fun. I spend the majority of my day outside on excursions, on little zodiac boats or on hikes, photographing wildlife and nature. So I'm exploring new places and I'm taking pictures of things that are interesting to me. I think that documenting, especially documenting these places that are under incredible flux, like Antarctica and Alaska, creating some sort of documentation of this changing place is important. Then having the opportunity to share that imagery with, with really anybody is, is great. But then this, this particular demographic that I work with is, I mean, the people who are, who are on these ultra-luxury cruises are generally old rich people so you're taking pictures Uh, okay explain to us a little better because i you go in with them on antarctica they're smiling beside a no no a a teddy bear not a teddy bear sorry a polar bear (laughs) and you're taking their picture what is happening here like explain to us uh no uh luckily if that were my job i would not be doing it okay (laughs) luckily uh my my position is to create imagery that is shared with the patrons of the cruise line. So I'm not photographing people, you know, and their families doing this or that. Uh, I am photographing purely nature and wildlife, so landscapes, really anything that maybe they themselves would be taking pictures of. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea is that, you know, these these images get shared with them at the end of their cruise so that they can hopefully spend less time worrying about whether they got a good shot or not and more time focused on experiencing that place. Okay, okay. Antarctica, you know, a lot of people that I meet traveling through South America, they're like, okay, I wish I could have gone to Antarctica, but it's so expensive, so tell us. But those people who are out there are like, oh, and I couldn't make it to it, you know? Because <laughs> I, I, I think it's like, the cheapest is like about $10,000. Well, yeah, so you can really only get down to Antarctica if you are either researching, working for a, a team researching, or on a cruise. Um, so I feel very lucky to have the opportunity to return there every year. But man, it is—it's gorgeous. You know, it's—it's it's definitely one of my, if not my favorite place on this planet. It's—it's it's especially interesting going there after spending a good amount of time photographing in Alaska, because Antarctica is, in a lot of ways, what Alaska was thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. You have these the this insanely rugged uh, terrain that in Alaska is still sometimes covered in glaciers or covered is the wrong word but still like is home to some glaciers but Antarctica is where you have that those landforms but absolutely everything is covered in glaciers and so it's kind of a glimpse at the past it's still preserved it's still hugely untouched okay just make us all jealous (laughs) okay okay let's go back a little bit about traveling i I want to we talked a little bit about when you were 18 and some of the experiences you learned while you were 18 okay so now it's let's move it 10 years ahead of time what are some things you've learned through your photography while traveling Man, photography for me is a way to explore. I mean, I think that you can obviously explore without a camera. But for me, it is my means of both seeing and expressing. I think that uh, traveling for me is a series, or the appeal of traveling to me is not necessarily seeing a place as much as it is 
seeing the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to record uh, these relationships that I'm making is, to me, one of the most important things. And, and if I can, be, as these people affect me, I would love to be able to return that. One, one of the ways that I have found to do that is to travel with a small printer um, so that as I am taking a picture, I can then print it off and give it back to the people that I am, you know, interacting with to, to make this, this often very one-sided relationship of the photographer taking pictures, a more balanced, a balanced thing. And I mean, you know, uh, giving somebody a photograph isn't going to change their lives or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but to a demographic of people who are so used to being taken advantage of in this, you know, often small way, that little gesture goes a really long ways. Uh, and you can see this this change in in their demeanor when you give them something back, uh, and that has opened up a huge amount of you know people. You, I, I don't know. For example, I'll be driving, busing, or whatever uh, through a town, and I stop and I pull out my camera and I start photographing some people, and I hand out their I hand out prints to them, and you know maybe these are rich, affluent people who don't need anything else, but are still kind of enamored by that simple gesture. Or maybe it's uh, people who have never had access to photographs of themselves, of their kids, of their parents. And, and then all of a sudden this photograph means so much more. Whatever, whatever that uh, relationship is, it has often led to a connection with people that stays with me more so than before. So I think that to bring it back to the question of uh, what have I learned in my years of traveling, I think that the answer would be to make an effort to give back to the communities that are giving to you, because then that will lead to relationships that are more that are more profound. And at the end of the day, I think that it's the relationships that you have that stick with you more so than the place itself. Mm-hmm. Very good point. I've noticed that there's a big obsession of people to take, for example, you're going through on the coast or you're in the mountains and you see somebody who lives in a little shack or somebody who lives in that bamboo hut that's sort of on a stilt. And people are like, wow, let's take a picture of this. Let's take a picture of this. And it's sort of like, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that sort of obsession? I think that it's very easy to fetishize poverty. I think that when we are traveling, especially if you come from any amount of and I don't want to say wealth, but in comparison to the, the amount of poverty that's down here, wealth is really only the one, one of the only words that you can use. It's easy to focus on the, the differences in that lifestyle and focus on photographing people who have so much less than you. And I think that it's, that's a really tough question uh, because I think that it's, it's something that shouldn't be avoided. I don't think you should avoid photographing that stuff because that's almost, I don't know, it's, it's something that I ask myself all the time because I, I do want to include uh, really all aspects of a place when I'm photographing them. That, that includes rich people and their, and their lifestyles as well as the, the um, underclass. But I want to make sure that I'm doing it in a way that, like I said, is not fetishizing that that poverty, and and I don't really know how to how to go about that in a responsible way. I think that you just have to again come back to making sure that the people you're photographing are comfortable with you photographing them, and that you are depicting them in a fair way that you're not skewing. I mean, with 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 photography and filmmaking, you as the person behind the camera have power. 
you know, you can choose what to include in your frame and what to omit from your frame. And if you only photograph that little crying baby and don't photograph, you know, all of the smiles or whatever, then you are, you know, focusing on, you're telling one side of a story, a very complex story. So if you're going to, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're going to tell this story, make sure that you're telling a complete story uh, and not focusing on a certain aspect of it that is one of many, many aspects. Okay. In your time in South America, do you have any favorite spots that you like to take pictures of? Man, that's a tough question. I love Ecuador because I know this place very well. And I'm able to photograph differently here than I'm able to photograph really anywhere else because I have access to a friend group here that every time I come down here, I am I'm kind of experiencing a off-the-beaten-path view of, of this place. I can go to, you know, a friend's house versus staying in a hostel, or I can go to a... The other night, I went to a friend's second home, or, or I guess, you know, we have cabins... Uh, here they have, you know, vacation homes and doing a finca, a finca. Yeah, exactly. Or a quinta and, and kind of having an opportunity to be part of this culture in a way that I'm not really able to at least very easily traveling anywhere else. Um, so I love Ecuador for that. Uh, I love Bolivia because Bolivia has this insanely uh, rich indigenous culture as well as some of the most mind-boggling landscapes I've seen, like up in Uyuni or really anywhere up in the Altiplano. Towards the end of our show now, is there anything that you would like to add that you think might worth sharing with the audience in relation to photography, in relation to yourself, in relation to travel? Totally. I guess I, I, guess I don't want all of this talk about responsible image-making to deter anybody from bringing a camera down or from photographing the that lady in the market or you know that you know wh whatever it may be i i, I want to make sure that people continue to be curious and to to use their camera as a tool to share their experience with people who maybe don't have the opportunity to travel or who are a little too afraid to travel and and maybe use these images as ammunition in in getting those people out into the world and and to do so but just to remember that you know yeah, the, the, the people that you're photographing on the other side of that lens are people and that treat them as, as you'd want to be treated yourself. And it's really as simple as that. Okay. So. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for listening. I hope, as always, that you enjoyed this episode. All of Aiden's information can be found on the podcast notes. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Marshall, our editor, and to invite you once again to subscribe if you have not already done so and also check out our Facebook site. Whenever things get back to normal, I'd like to invite you all here to the Capsita in Cuenca, Ecuador, or to our sister location in Quito. All the best. Please stay safe.